Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We've almost reached the closing stages in the life of the story of Jesus as told by John in his Gospel. We've reached chapter 18. Last week we looked at the prayers that Jesus prayed for his disciples and for us as believers today. And now we reach the part in the story where Jesus was arrested. After he finished praying, he left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. Yes, let's just read the opening verses of chapter 18. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. This, of course, is the Garden of Gethsemane. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing that all all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Okay, let's pause there now. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He had revelation from the Father and he had to allow it to happen. There were many times that the Jewish leaders had wanted to kill Jesus, had tried to kill him, stone him, arrest him. They'd never been able to lay hands on him for one reason or another. He always escaped their grasp because it wasn't the right time. And the right time, or at the right time, which was now, Jesus would have to willingly give himself over to them. So he was there in the garden, waiting, really, for them, knowing that they were coming, knowing that Judas was going to betray him. Now, why did they draw back and fall to the ground? Well, they had suddenly encountered God. I am he. This is the great statement. You remember that God revealed himself to Moses, I am that I am. So even now in his humanity, before the glory of God, those who oppose him could not stand. They fell back. And, um, you know, you you. You have a lot of controversy in the church today about people falling when they're prayed for under the power of the Spirit. Sometimes that may be self-induced, but I know that many, many times it isn't. The power of God literally knocks people off their feet. Sometimes it knocks them backwards. Power of God comes upon them. They just could not possibly stand. Um, so the power of God is in Jesus. So what's the significance of this falling down? Jesus could have walked away. If he'd chosen to, he could just have walked away. He had the power to do that. He had the power to lay his life down, he said, and he had the power to take it up again. 
So what was going to happen now was Jesus willingly allowing himself to be put into the hands of those who wanted to kill him. So again he asked them, Who is it you want? Verse 7. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Well, we can thank John for giving us the name of the servant, but John doesn't actually tell us, as we read in uh, the other Gospels, that that um, Jesus then healed the ear. I think that's a pretty important thing. But, uh, you know, all the way through, John is just focusing on the figure of Jesus and what is happening to Jesus. Uh, but uh, I like the fact that Jesus healed his ear because what this says to me is that Jesus is constantly putting right our mistakes. You know, the things we do in great enthusiasm and on the spur of the moment and make a real mess up, God then in his mercy puts right. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? See, this is this is where John wants the focus to be, not on healing of the servant, but on the fact that Jesus is now going to drink the cup of suffering that the Father has asked him to drink. So then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus they bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. A sort of prophetic statement, although Caiaphas wouldn't have understood the significance of what he was saying. So Jesus is now arrested and he's led off for the first of the various encounters that he's going to have during the following hours. Simon Peter and another disciple, John. John doesn't name himself, you know, um, all the way through the gospel. Um, uh, so he, he uh, refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved or another disciple, whatever. Uh, because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside of the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You are not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. So, Jesus had predicted that Peter would deny him three times before dawn, before cockcrow. And uh, here's the first one. He actually denies knowing Jesus. Meanwhile, verse 19, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. 
I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. So Jesus is saying, well, I haven't done anything in a covert way. I've been very open about what I've had to say. And I've performed the works that I performed openly. You know all about them. He's really saying, look, you know what I've said. You know what I've done. Why are you asking me about it? Because the things I've said and the things I've done are the very things that have upset you and cause you to have me arrested. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. In this way, is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded. Now, of course, in doing that, this official had broken the law. And uh, the very charge that these these um, Jewish leaders are bringing against Jesus is that he has broken the law. And uh, here the law is being broken. By, I mean, it's just a little point that shows the whole hypocrisy of the situation. So Jesus says, if I said something wrong, testify to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Now, Annas has been questioning Jesus and is clearly getting nowhere. And so he now uh, sends him to his father-in-law, Caiaphas, who was the high priest. And um, before we, we get the continuation of, 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 uh, uh, of what is going to happen in Jesus' trials, we, re we have the spotlight back on Peter. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he was asked, you are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Peter again denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. Oh, exactly what Jesus had predicted had now taken place. Peter had denied him. Three times. One of the other Gospels says at that point, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. I, you, you wonder, how did he look at him? I think with compassion, with sorrow, but with compassion, not with judgment. Jesus wasn't in any kind of judging mood, was he? So then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? And tomorrow we're going to look in detail at this trial before Pilate because we'll see how significant it was. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 